Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Welcome back to the Alpha's Next Podcast, uh, where, well, it's the Nugent Capital, I guess, but where we are transparent. So I'm going to tell you uh, a bad thing that happened to our biotech fund today, uh, and it's the old don't go back to the well too often or it will run dry. And I think we violated that rule because, I don't know, years ago I, I had a nice position on Dendrite, and I decided to, it popped up and I made money, and then I decided to uh, sell some puts against it, and then it dropped like a rock because something went wrong. And so I lost money. So uh, we kind of violated that rule. And the reason we did it is because who could, how could you, you know, how could Biontech and Moderna drop if it's any kind of a rational market that we trade stocks in? Well, what we forgot is it's not. And so today, both Biontech and Moderna are down like 10% on no news. No news. You know, there's a UK uh, variant of the virus, which is, you know, maybe a little more contagious, but not more virulent. And, you know, if you know anything about this, which a lot of investors, of course, don't, uh, the viruses mutate. That's what they do. That's why they're still here. So, and, and from what I understand, and this has been, you know, my my girl Meg, uh, what's her face? Meg, uh, I forget her name, Terrell. Meg Terrell. I keep wanting to say Meg Tilly. She's all over it yesterday, you know. I mean, Pfizer, Moderna made a statement. Uh, Pfizer and BioNTech made statements. No, No worries. You know, from what I understand, the target of their backs is the little spike that connects with uh, with your nasal passages or your cells or whatever. You know, I, I know enough to be dangerous, but not much more. So it's the mechanism of action isn't affected by any of the mutations. So not to worry, which is good because, um, you know, for humanity and for the economy, which is humanity, humanity at work, that's all good. But um, on the other hand, uh, you know, people hear this and they're like, oh, yeah, it's bad for the vaccine. Well, no, it isn't. So, uh, but it is bad for the stock. <clears throat> but the other reason I think people are just using it as an excuse to take profits because uh, there is uncertainty in Georgia, right? And if uh, the Senate flips uh blue, then you're going to get a nice little capital gains tax hike, I think, next year. Now, some think maybe not. Maybe Biden will hold off on that until year two. I don't know. But the fact is, nobody knows. Maybe even he doesn't know, you know, because he's got 535 bosses now. So um, we'll see what happens in Congress. But Anyway, you don't have to see what happens if you sell off your winners. So I think a lot of people are selling off their winners here so they can make sure they get the lower cap gains tax, which is a rational move. I get it. I My advisor told me that he wasn't worried about that, and uh, I was, and I listened to him, and it turns out that I probably was righter than a wronger on that because we did it ourselves. And it's like, well, if we did it, well, why wouldn't everybody else do it? We're not that smart. So, 
we're not smarter than everybody else. So uh, that's what happens. And the thing is, a lot of people have it in retirement accounts. They don't care. A lot of people have it in mutual funds and ETFs, and they may not care. If the single stock folks, though, are going to are gonna sell it off. And on the margin, that should drag things down. So I think that's probably what's going on with Pfizer and Moderna. And uh, But in any event, that left us holding the bag because we insured those uh, stocks at a much higher level than they're at now. And we were, thank God, uh, well, we were at uh, December 24th. So it was going to be a lump of coal in our stocking if we didn't do something. So what we did is we rolled down and out, which is not a football play. We rolled our put out to January 15th on both of these now, and we rolled down our strike a few a few handles. So uh, we were insuring these things at selling puts. Way. We were at the 150 put on Moderna. I think Moderna's down to 130 or something, maybe lower. And we were at 118 on Biontech, and now we're at 93. I think it's down to 93, which is really, you know. So uh, what we did is roll it out to January 15th, and the theory is that, you know, this is now probably a buying opportunity because both of these companies, particularly Moderna, were a very robust pipeline. So you can just hear the analysts coming on CNBC saying, hey, a raging buy on Moderna. And after January 1, I think people are going to pop right back in. So now we're out to January 15th, so that gives us a couple of weeks. And, you know, you can just keep hanging in there with the trade, or at some point, you know, if it just never comes back, then you can just take your loss and move on. And even if we take a loss on, on these positions that we just modified, we'll still be up on them for the year, for life to date, so that's okay. But I think I think the lesson I've learned, at least, and I told my partner this, is look, when you make money on one of these biotechs, just walk away. Take your money and run. Leave the casino. And find another one that might be a similar play. And I heard about one today, and I don't have a real strong feeling one way or the other, but it's a guy, it's one of the guys who was involved with the Tribune buyout. And he's a physician. I think he's from Hong Kong originally. They were they interviewed him today on, on CNBC. Uh, Patrick Soon Shong, S H I O N G, and uh, he's been you know I think he's had a winner here in the past. He's had successful exits, and it's a weird stock because he had like three companies and he like did a a merger basically, but one of the companies is called NantQuest. And then there was a company called Immunity Bio. I think there was a third company involved, and they all rolled up into one stock. And I didn't catch the... I think the ticker may be NH. um, But there's several tickers involved. So if you've got access to CNBC and you're interested in it, you might want to take a look at it. I think I'll ask my partner to take a look at it, and we'll give it some thought. Because it's an oncology drug, and he claims he's like in phase 2 slash 3. And they've had some complete remissions. You know, and it's not like phase three trial results, obviously. But, you know, it's like a $12 stock or something now. So uh, I don't know that we're going to do that. But I think it might be worth taking a look at and, you know, maybe take some kind of way out of the money call. 
that you can get for peanuts and just hope for the best. Or maybe do deep in a money call. I don't know. Or maybe just outright buy the damn stock. I don't know. <clears throat> but, um, you know, it's not a not an expensive stock. It's obviously very speculative. Currently, this guy's got a track record of making promises he, he hasn't kept. But biotech, you know, it can take a long time. And he's a bona fide doc, and he's got a successful exit, and he's a very experienced investor. He dabbled in that whole Tribune LA Times thing, and, you know, that was kind of a mess, frankly, but... Obviously, people get into businesses they don't understand. You know, bad things can happen. And a lot of, uh, you know, ego mania goes on with the media. So, anyway, we're not, we're not throwing that one away, though. We're going to hang on to that. That little piece of paper I made the note on, that is. And maybe we take a position, maybe we don't. Just full disclosure, that's not something I'm pounding on the table on. But uh, something to something to maybe take a looky look at it, we say. So uh, where are we here? Let's move on. First of all, I don't think we did our do not disturb setting. So before something bad happens, get that down. Okay. And let's switch over to always. All right, what else is going on? I think that I will limit this one to... On the Mr. Woke person front, uh, I didn't put this on Facebook because I don't want to argue with people. But So this is one-way communication, so I don't have to worry about having endless Twitter and LinkedIn battles and Facebook battles. So there was a first-grade teacher in San Francisco... And I think the name of their school is Lincoln School. And they decided that they want to change that because Lincoln uh, was not, uh, you know, he was not sufficiently politically correct, even though he freed the slaves because he had some issues with indigenous people. Because indigenous people, and I am 116th indigenous, not enough to get a casino or anything, but I, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll do a, Get it down to one-eighth, and boy, then I'm sloughing up to the trough with all my fellow warriors. But um, the uh, he had some issues with the indigenous people because his grandfather got, like, killed by one. You know, because, you know, my people on that side, uh, and this is on my dad's side, we didn't appreciate, you know, having our land taken away from us. So we fought back, and we lost. And then my Irish relatives didn't appreciate their land being take away, taken away from them, and we fought back, and we lost. So, you know, we don't have a real good track record here. <laughs> but, you know, somehow we've managed to survive this long. We've reproduced up until this point. Of course, I didn't even do that. But I do have cousins who've had... So the, the Nugent line goes on, you know. But, uh, you know, we don't have a great track record, <laughs> frankly. You know, we lost, we lost, we're losers on both sides when you get down to it, you know what I mean? And then my mother's family, they fought to keep the English off their land and they lost. So, you know, we're, you know, failure is a, is a very frequent companion here. But that shouldn't uh, just dissuade you from investing, right? <laughs> it's a great pitch. 
But I thought that was pretty funny. So now, you know, you can look for the Lincoln Memorial and the Washington Monument to come tumbling down at some point. Because if Lincoln isn't politically correct, I don't know that any founding, you know, he's not even a founding father, but I mean, nobody makes the cut then, you know what I mean? So, uh, if everybody's canceled, then who's who's left? I don't know. <clears throat> but we might have to change the name of the state. Land of Lincoln will probably be Land of DeSable or something. Uh-uh. Fine by me. One thing I noticed when I was working for the Census Bureau, uh, the building was called the Metcalf Building after Ralph Metcalf, who was a uh, you know a congress congressperson, I think, and uh, Olympic athlete. I think he was in the Olympics with uh, Jesse uh, Owens in '36. And you know, I mean, who cares what the building is named? You know, if it was the Dirksen Building or the Metcalf, who knows? You know, who cares? So a lot of this stuff is just... Even when they took the Columbus statue down, I was like, well, you know what? I didn't even know it was there, so I'm not going to get all worked up about it. What Fundamentally, you got to realize the United States is basically an economic and, and political power platform, right? And we're all from someplace else, you know, except my 116th uh, indigenous, and even they came across the Bering Strait. So these countries... The nation states are basically economic platforms, you know, and obviously political platforms to protect the economy. So if they start not to function well economically, then you move on to another platform, right? We'd still be in Ireland if it hadn't been for the damned, uh, you know, famine. I mean, I'm sure we were very happy there. So uh, you have to look at countries that way, you know. And if this country starts to become dysfunctional economically, then people will go to another one. That's all. I don't know where, but that's how it works. So anyway, what else do I have to say? Let's check the exciting LinkedIn company page, which I posted a few things to earlier today. And I'll draw your attention to them. Because let's face it, we don't get a lot of traffic on the LinkedIn uh, Alpha's Next Company page. We do have 56 followers, though. Yeah, it's a start. And uh, actually, more people look at that than listen to this podcast. So Sam Zell, uh, Business Insider, now that Trump is gone... They've at least stopped bouncing the rubble on the Fuhrer bunker. Uh, so they're talking about something besides what a jerk Trump was. Uh, so he's got some great quotes. And Zell is another guy. Today is kind of the Tribune takeover because he was involved with that whole ESOP thing, the Employee Stock Ownership Plan, which was a big debacle. Uh, and I have an old friend, Johnny Reardon, who was one of the, one of the big execs there. Talk about local boy done good. Um, let's see. His, his favorite 11th commandment is thou shalt not take oneself seriously. You need to constantly challenge your own thoughts. And boy, I believe in that. I don't like to get locked into one of my own, you know, doctrinaire positions. Although I often fall into that trap, you know. Don't let your ego get invested in your positions, and especially in the stock market, because things change, right? Don't be stubborn. I used to hold a lot of positions when I was trading 10 years ago, 
because I didn't want to be wrong. I mean, I'd rather be wrong than broke, you know. Open competition is a destruction of capital, he says. In all my investments, I have always been oriented toward barriers to entry. How do I protect myself from the insanity of others? <laughs> we can look at some parts of the stock market today and say everybody is crazy. I look at valuations and see extraordinary numbers that I can't support. That's certainly true. And that's the Fed blowing bubbles, really. Now here he talks about <laughs> the future cities. He says, if you move to nowhere, Iowa, it's 5 o'clock there every day. And what do you do at 5 o'clock? Girl across the street to the pig farm? <laughs> we are social animals. Arguing that a mass exodus from cities isn't realistic. I agree with that, I guess. You know, he puts it very colorfully. But I come to that conclusion myself. All of these people who today are thinking that this is the end of office space and everybody's going to work from home. I don't know how to motivate by modem. <laughs> so, I, I have a feeling, yeah, here he says, everybody's going to do the Zoom calls. And then one day, a young whippersnapper is going to say, you know, I think I got a better chance if I go in front of the guy. And so he's going to get on a plane and he's going to get sit in front of the guy and he's going to get the deal. <laughs> I can't even begin to give you an intelligent assessment of Tesla. It makes Cisco look cheap. Now, this is he's talking about Cisco at 125 times earnings in 1997. And, of course, that implying that it was responsible for an absurd 25% of the U.S. business environment. Everybody else seems to have a kind of timing game in their head. Well, I can get out before you, and so-and-so happens. The world is full of skeletons of people who believe they could get out before the bad event came. <laughs> you know, I'm not a big fan of Sam, but boy, he's a funny guy. Supposedly, if your index fund, index fund matches the market, you've succeeded. But if the market is going down like an elevator, I'm not sure that's much success. <laughs> yeah. The single greatest risk we are dealing with today is the loss of the U.S. dollar as the reserve currency. If we keep doing what we're doing right now, I think it is 10 or 15 years away, which is pretty much outside of my time, Frank. If we lose the reserve status, I could see a 90, 25% reduction in our standard of living, which is about right because, you know, if you can't borrow a lot of our lifestyle, which people don't like to talk about when they talk about inequality, a lot of our lifestyle is financed with borrowed money, borrowed from the federal, the federal government borrowing. And if they can't borrow anymore, then that's about right. So that reserve currency is an exorbitant privilege, and that's what's driving Tesla, not Tesla, but that's what's driving, well, actually, it's what's driving the stock market. It's what's driving Bitcoin. It's what drives gold, uh, is the thought that, you know, your cash might turn to trash. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I think in 10 or 15 years, that's another story. I don't know that I would want to be in Bitcoin, frankly. I would, if I was going to think that way, I'd probably lean toward being in equities or in multinational equities. 
And I'd probably lean toward gold if I was thinking that way. I'm not. But, you know, gold has a longer track record than Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, if you are going to see a massive debasement of the currency that's going to have any impact worldwide, the... I would rather be the, I'd rather be in gold than Bitcoin myself. But I don't know that that's going to happen because where are you going to go? I don't see everybody going to Bitcoin. I don't see everybody going to the Chinese currency. I don't see everybody going to the euro. So where do you go? What's the alternative? I don't think there is one. And Sam, too... Well, Sam goes on to say, unlimited debt and irresponsible activity don't lead to positive outcomes. That's a disastrous kind of scenario. And again, I don't know. I mean, I think modern monetary theory could work, for a while at least. And then he goes on to say he was very he's very skeptical, frankly, of Bitcoin. Ultimately, it may be the answer or one of the answers, but right now, it's a world that's extraordinarily populated by chameleons and other fast-talking characters. Charlatans, I think he means. I don't believe everybody involved in it are the kind of people I'd like to follow. <laughs> so, so, Sam, a very colorful interview there. And uh, so that's worth reading. And if you want to read it, go on my LinkedIn page or Alpha's Next LinkedIn page. Now, there's a good article here. Feeling depressed, bacteria in your gut may be to blame. Now, I've been depressed a lot in my life, and pretty badly. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not more depressed now, but, you know, through the magic of biochemistry. But uh, it is related to bacteria in your gut, they say. And I think that's true, because a lot of people on my in my family, uh, on the Nugent side, have been depressed. And we have a thing called the Nugent stomach, you know, a lot of heartburn, a lot of, you know, we won't get into it, but gastrointestinal challenges. So I, I think that's probably very fascinating. And they mention a company in there that's just traded in the pink sheets. So I'm not going to name it because I'm too lazy to open up the thing. And we don't trade those. If there's no options, we don't trade them. But that sounds interesting to me. And it could be a long, hard slide, you know, but it really is a good article. So I recommend it. And that's out of uh, Wall Street Journal. So, good source. And then there's another article from the same source. Long-haul COVID patients put hope in experimental drugs. And that's another one that's not a publicly traded, I don't think. So, we're not going to get into the symbol. And we're not going to get into the trade. But, you know, might be worth a read. There's a very bullish uh, post from... Seeking Alpha, and Seeking Alpha, like, I think I could write a column on Seeking Alpha, so that just goes to show you their editorial standards, and in fact, I'm thinking of doing that. So I don't put as much credence in that, obviously, it's like some guy, you know, some guy says Novavax, uh, the COVID play is still intact, I think that's true, uh, and there's Louie, but, um, you know, that's just one person's, one trader's opinion. And I think he's long the stock, so he's talking in the book. But And then we have a holiday greeting out there, so check out the cartoon on the uh, holiday greeting. I'm not sending out Christmas cards unless somebody sends me one. So if you sent me one and I got it late, guess what? You're going to get yours after Christmas. So either consider it to be late for this year or early for next year. It's up to you. But 
uh, in any event. And then there's another article here, which I may not have mentioned again from Wall Street Journal. COVID spurs families to shun nursing homes. And we're actually talking about doing some kind of a, like, like an old-fashioned old folks home for rich people. And, you know, I think that would be superior to a nursing home because you'd have your own room. And, you know, the public areas would be uh, large and high ceilings, cathedral ceilings. And you'd have plenty of outdoor space, you know. So best we can do, right? That's like why the old uh, theater in the lake is there, because that's where they used to send the uh, tuberculosis patients to get fresh air. And it turns out that wasn't such a bad idea. And then here's a killer article about rich Americans, you know, flooding out of New York and, and Illinois and uh, California to uh, Florida and Texas, where they will probably bring about the same kind of mentality, of course, that they are fleeing from, you know, because they'll vote their social conscience, and that ends up with high taxes, and then they'll go someplace else, you know. But it's pretty scary what's happening for New York, if you're a fan of New York, because big money's leaving. The streets are dangerous, the services are bad, and the, the taxes are high. What's to like? And plus, they get beat up by the mayor and the governor about what jerks they are. So, a lot of it is just the insults, insults that people take because they're, they're successful. They say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take my ball and go home. I don't feel like I'm welcome here. And I know I'm welcome in Texas and Florida. So anyway, um, that's the report for today. i got to go up and see what Louie's barking his fool head off about. And again, I wish you happy holidays in case you don't listen uh, to me anymore. <laughs> At least not till after happy Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So uh, live long, prosper, celebrate safely. And for those of you who know Bob Words, by the way, uh, Dr. Bob Words, DDS, uh, Ridge Country Club, Evan Scholars, uh, and Marquette, uh, Maris Man, his father, who we used to call Mr. Robbo, call Robert Words, Bob Words Robbo, and his father, Mr. Robbo, who was a great guy. I think he was a lieutenant on Chicago Fire Department. Great guy. He passed away. Uh, Saturday, I believe, at the age of 90. And there's a service for him on Wednesday at Barnabas. And you can do a Google search to get the details online. It's, I'm not going to be able to go because of COVID, but uh, I certainly would if it wasn't for that. And uh, if you want to pay your respects... You can go on Legacy or whatever it is and do that, which is what I did. So, hail and farewell. Ave at K Valley. That's my, that's my uh, highbrow, pretentious Latin uh, comment on everybody's uh, obit. So, but it is hail and farewell. It's an old Roman thing. So, Ave at K Valley. Mr. Rabbo. Bye-bye.